I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. about heavy metal, heavy rock, and everything. Uh, this is your host, Tony Evans. Um, this is my first time around, so be gentle with me, please, guys. I mean, I'm getting used to the equipment, getting used to the mic, getting used to recording. Um, I'm in my spare bedroom uh, while we're in lockdown. That's going to age this, this podcast, isn't it? And I thought I'd get one going, because I've always wanted to do one. Uh, a little bit about myself. I'm from the UK originally, now living in Australia, in Canberra, the capital city. Um, and I've been here for 24, 25 years. Um, I am old, <laughs> so I'm from the I'm from the generation where music was played on vinyl before CDs and cassettes were cool. Um, I basically wanted to do this podcast because my friends and I like to talk about music. I like personally talking about music. I run a quite a successful um, heavy metal sort of tribute um, Facebook page. I've interviewed a few people now, um, and I'm really just wanted to get down and have a go at this. Well. Look, where do I begin? So, um, born in, in Hendon, in North London, uh, North London, sorry, um, all the 49 years ago, now, almost now, um, and I grew up with uh, in, a, in a house with uh, four other brothers, one younger, three older. Uh, and my musical taste comes really interestingly and eclectically. I don't just go, oh, I'm only listening to heavy metal. I actually love um, everything, really. The only things that I sort of struggle with are impenetrable modern rap. Um, country music and R&B and even there in R&B I can still do some R&B I absolutely love progressive rock I love punk, heavy rock anything that's basically made with real musicians and you know people that can perform the same sound on stage as they can in the studio um, without trickery Uh, my three older brothers one was into punk which I, Ronald, my brother Ronald he was into punk and I love listening to his stuff he bringing home. Some of my fondest memories of him, some of my earliest memories of music, is him, I'm lying on the bed in my bedroom. He came home, it was actually around Halloween, so he came home with a horror, a witch mask, which scared me, I remember that. But with that, he also brought Blondie's um, uh, a Heart of Glass on clear vinyl and um, the Six Fizzles, um, Come On Everybody, from the soundtrack, the, the, uh, the uh, Great Rock and Roll Symbols. 
And I remember him playing those, and I was enthralled. I was just, I'm a lifelong Blondie fan anyway now from that, but I just was like, this music is exciting. I was probably, I would have been about six or seven, actually, maybe, yes, six or seven, no, seven or eight, sorry, I'm kind of lost, I reckon. Um, and yeah, it was really exciting. And my other brother, Michael, he was more into um, reggae, he really liked Bob Marley. Um, interestingly enough, because he's not a musical person, he's very musical, he plays the trumpet, and he's extremely gifted with, with a musician, but he wasn't someone who'd buy records. He also, I forgive him for it, he also liked um, The Boss, you know. Uh, I'm not a fan of his, but he loved all that sort of stuff. Dire Straits, which I love as well. He played that a lot in my house around me. And Andrew, my older brother, the one I was very close to, he had a very eclectic taste. So he liked prog soundtracks. He liked heavy rock. He liked um, Free and Genesis and Yes, ELP, Rick Wakeman, Unusual horror soundtracks, which is where I get his taste from, my taste in horror soundtracks with him. Real fun. I, I just remember flicking through. I'd, when they were out, I'd go to their different bedrooms and flick through their record collections and take them out and put them on. I, 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 a very fond memory is placing on uh, my brother's very precious Bang & Olufsen record deck. Um, God, now I can't believe I did it, really. It would kill me if he just found this out. And we're playing his copy of um, Songs from the Wood by Jethro Tull. No surprises there. I really love Toll, and so for me it was it was just a, a wonderful mix of music. So I grew up in this household. My mum and dad didn't like music. Mum was a, an Elvis fan, but didn't really listen to music. And dad um, was a big band and Buddy Holly man, but he just didn't like music in the house. He he found it very he was a very somber man when I was growing up. And so like do Top of the Pops was never allowed. We didn't have a stereo that we could play that unless we could play it with our stereo in our bedroom. Uh, I'm getting told off for playing Billy Ocean's um, The Going Gets Tough too loudly on my stereo in the bedroom. Um, anyway, I uh, got through or went through phases of really early hip-hop, loving uh, African Bombata. Um, I still love Grandmaster Flash. If, when it was a punk street sound, really, like the early Beastie Boys, uh, Run DMC, that stuff, when it wasn't all about attainment and, 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 and guns and, and boats and things like that, um, it was more about uh, a message, uh, a street message for the kids in New York which is exactly what the punk movement was. Anyway, um, that, that's me, really. That's me in a bottle. I, I live, breathe, and love music. I play guitar badly. I adore the guitar. I have lots of guitars around me. I, have a, I love to collect vinyl. Um, I have buy lots of vinyl. I have so many pieces I enjoy. Even if I don't play them, um, I like to have them near me. It's a, I was just said to my friend John, it's very much like, because it's a pressing within the material, it almost feels like you've got them there in the room with you. They, their voice imprinted onto that piece of vinyl. I mean, it sounds fanboyish, but it's true. Um, I also love collecting uh, heavy rock and heavy metal and punk ephemera. So many t-shirts. I, I could have a t-shirt, different t-shirt on every day for 365 days of the year and still not repeat myself. I am going to do a segment in the show today on my, my t-shirt for today, and I'm going to do that regularly. Um, the history behind the shirt, uh, what the shirt means to me, any memories of why I got it and where I, bought it, where I was when I bought it, what the gig was like, um, and things like that should be fun. And when I get up and running properly, there'll be a picture on the Instagram of that particular shirt of the day, or my Facebook page, whichever will come first. So I hope you will enjoy sitting back and listening. Um, I'm going to take a break now, and I'm going to come back with um, my a a little chat about the new Iron Maiden single, and the excitement behind the new album. See you soon. Um, 
Now, for the second part of the show, we're going to talk about the new Iron Maiden single, Writing on the Wall. Um, came out um, about two weeks ago to a lot of unusual and, um, let's say, mixed reviews. Uh, a good friend of mine, Matt, who is an Iron Maiden freak like me, um, was actually full of despair for it. It really seemed to upset him. Um, he, he was, like me, gagging for the new single. It, it came out and he just... His first words to me were, this doesn't sound like Maiden Tone. Now, I have been a Maiden fan since I was 11 years old. I bought Power Slave on its day of release. I walked around listening to it on my little Sony Walkman. I went on cassette, because I didn't have a record player of my own at the time. But I had a Walkman, I had a little tiny boombox thing. Um, I remember walking around the streets of Hendon. I can even see what I was wearing. You know what the sunshine was like. I even can remember where I was. I mean, going past All Saints Church uh, on Vivian Avenue, uh, near Vivian Avenue, um, Algernon Avenue, Algernon Street in North Hendon. Oh, I've got that wrong. It's been a long time since I lived there. Anyway, I just remember thinking, Jesus, this is the most, this is the hardest, loudest thing I've ever heard in my life. Um, should I be doing this walking past the church? Well, yes, I figure. I probably should, and I really, really enjoyed it. I had the same sort of their, um, feeling many, not that long after when I first listened to Welcome to Hell by Venom, but that's another episode, another story. Anyway, so after listening to um, Power Slave, and then, you know, I, I, it's the first one I bought. It wasn't the first one I listened to. I'd heard Iron Maiden's Iron Maiden. Ronald had played it a few times to me, uh, my second oldest brother. Um, and so it wasn't a surprise when... You know, I'd already listened to the the, fir the first um, albums, and when Power Slave came out, um, I had my own money to go and buy it. Um, they borrowed and steal, let me just say, from my brothers and my dad. Um, I bought that cassette, and it was it was mind, it was moment changing for me, game changer, um, because you know, it, it it starts for me the the whole epic, you know, maiden. Um, songs. I mean, Rhyme on the Ancient Mariner is no surprise to my friends and to my family. It's the greatest song ever written, and I want it played at my funeral, hopefully for not another like 50 years, as they say. But that's it's extremely important to me, that song. Uh, a, it's musical structure. B, it's storytelling. And it's just, um, it's everything I love. It's it's prog with a heavy feel. It is just fantastic. It's, like, it's all things to all men, in my opinion. Anyway, so when... Matt said that he had struggled with this new single. I was like, well, okay, let me, let's have a breakdown of it and have a listen. Now, I will agree that it's Maiden's albums of the, since the turn of the century have not been albums that I would go back to and go, I've got to listen to this, I've got to listen to that. Um, I really mean that. I think Dance of Death, I think uh, Matter of Life and Death and, um, uh, and Final Frontier just didn't grab me. Um, really didn't uh, and it's sad to say I think it was also a time in my life I was raising a young family um, didn't really have time for music as much as I do now being an old man uh, but it was sort of so when I grabbed that music I, in the sort of space I could and the time that I could it never really did it for me I remember when I bought um, the single when I bought Speed of Light out when it came out was so underwhelmed I had a Matt moment. I really did. I sat down and just thought to myself, oh, God, what have they done? Um, the album itself, I mean, look, as I said, they're not great. Al they're not my favorite albums. I think they suffer from the production sound. Um, Steve Harris goes on about not liking the sound of the first album. 
I personally think that's a much better sound than the turn of the century albums. I think it, it, um, they are spoiled by the noise resolution. So pack as much noise into the frequency as possible. Pack as much onto the CD as possible. Hey guys, vinyl was so successful for a hundred years. Why? Because you could put a limited amount of music on an album, and if you wanted a double, make two albums. Therefore, the sound doesn't have to be compressed. It's fuller, it's warmer, it's richer. I'm not going to go on and be the vinyl geek that I am, but that's the answer to it. Anyway, so the single came out, and as I said, Matt was really, really sort of distraught by it. But I thought, well, you know, I'm going to listen. And so I did a little, I do a, a video, a vlog thing for my Facebook page called Stairway to Hell, where I chat about things at the bottom of my stairs. Um, and that was one of the videos I did, and I think it sort of helped Matt a little bit, because it, the single itself, if you have a listen to it, it really does sound like Maiden say it's their country sound. And they do say in all of their information that this album's going to have two songs on it that are going to be unmaidenlike. And this was one of them. It doesn't have a gallop. It doesn't. Ha it, it has Bruce's, uh, Bruce attacks his vocal registry too high too soon. Um, and so he's, that, he's straining to get all of the words he wants to say in the stanchion of the music. Um, once he gets past that, though, and that's the first, I think, what, 30 to 40 seconds. It's actually a really good song. I, I find myself singing the lyric to myself. I sort of singing it to myself, and I think that's a, a sign of a good song. Um, is it going to be the best thing on the album? No, I don't think it will be. Was it the only reason, only single they could have released? Probably not. Um, but if you look at the set lineup, the the lineup for the album, some of those pieces, Time Machine and so on, they look like big 10-minute Steve Harris prog epics and I am gagging for it. Um, uh, it comes out on the 3rd of September. Was it the 4th? Sorry, I didn't write that down, but I think it's the 4th of September. Could be 2nd. Uh, there you go. Do your research, Tones. Um, but the single itself, go. it's best to watch the video. I think the video, which is very much like that of the uh, a lot of their stuff from their Legacy of the Beast game, uh, it does sound like a hangover from Book of Souls, which was their best album in the last 20 years. I think by quite a long way. Um, listen to Book of, listen to that. It does sound like they've recorded it aside too. So it was what was left over. They've got to do this new album, Sinjutsu, and they go, okay, what material we got? Like most bands, and you should know this, guys, if you like music, you understand that most bands will have music that they record all the time. They can't get on to it. Even that double album which they released for Book of Souls, they couldn't get it on. Well, I like that sound. I'm playing with that sound. I've got this guitar effect I'm interested in. I've got a lyrical story I'm interested in. I've got a, a tempo, a, a rhythm I like at the moment I'm going through. I don't want to quite change and run away from that. The beauty of Maiden is that a lot of their sound does, even though they say, oh, that's very Maiden-y, uh, nothing wrong with that. People go to McDonald's for what reason? They like the consistency. Um, you watch programs, certain programs you like because you like the consistency. You listen to certain things because you like the consistency. Yes, we want difference and change, but not all the time and not too drastically. But I really think that that's the reason why this sound is the way it is. It is a hangover from Book of Souls. Uh, it's, uh, I could, the, the story itself is, and I mean, I, I still have quite understand it. I've listened to it about five or six times. I'm going to have to re-listen to it again, work out what exactly it's trying to tell. I think it's a story of, uh, of uh, redemption um, and, and of, um, of prophecy. And of course, that's a very much a, um, a Steve Harris thing, isn't it? I mean, Seventh Son of a Seventh Son, probably the greatest non-prog prog album ever written. 
um, is definitely a he's into that sort of thing you know as you can only you can tell that with the guys it's not just Steve Harris I mean he's not a one-man band but he controls the stories and the sounds most of the time he is the band leader um, thankful for it the greatest bass player in heavy metal and possibly the greatest songwriter of the heavy rock heavy metal um, uh, genre and a lot of people you can fight me on that but guys if you don't if you don't think so you can fight me on it because I'm, I'm standing in this corner as an ex-bass player or a, a wannabe bass player I can understand he plays some absolutely unbelievable pieces um, yes he's not as virtuosic there's no virtual is that the word it's not as much virtuosity sorry as say someone like um, Geddy Lee or um, I don't know, Chris Squire uh, of, of, of Yes um, or, or even John Edwards of The Who, the greatest bass player in my opinion, who ever picked a guitar up. Uh, no, he's not, but he has this amazing sense of rhythm and power and the gallop. I mean, everyone loves the Maiden Gallop, don't we? Um, we listen, we wait for it, we can't wait, we can't help loving it, and we just get into a heavy bang, heavy metal head banging uh, moment. Just fantastic. Anyway, I'm dribbling on about this, but what I'm trying to say is the single's out very, the album's out very soon. Um, I'm in a, uh, in a music group where three or four of us are listening to an album a day. Um, I'm up to X Factor. I have to say that I don't like the Blaze Bailey albums. Uh, I am that guy. <laughs> oh, it's not Rob Halford. Oh, it's not Bruce Dickinson. I don't want to listen. It's, it isn't that bad, really. shouldn't be that way. Because it, but I'm driven by the front man. I always have been the guitarist and the front man. Um, because, let's face it, Queen without Freddie Mercury is not Queen. I don't care what they say. Okay, you know, um, Thin Lizzy without Phil Linnet is not Thin Lizzy. You know, Marillion, my favourite one of my yeah, probably my favourite non-metal band without Fish is not really Marillion. They can say they are, but they aren't really. Um, musically, they may be, but that's another again another podcast. Let's talk about that another day. Anyway, that's enough about that. Um, you can listen to it on all streaming services. You, I, I recommend you go onto YouTube and have a watch. The video is fun to watch. It's an animated cartoon. I said very much in the kin of the Prophecy of the Beast, sorry, Legacy of the Beast games. Um, uh, yeah, go and give it a go. Don't go into it thinking this sounds like Maiden. Why doesn't it sound like Maiden? And get yourself in a tiz. Listen to it for what it is because, let's face it, a single, they're not a you know, an album is an album in its collectiveness. A single is a is pulled from that, and most bands are not singles bands. They, they may write singles or produce or release them. Maiden has been lucky to have a couple of really crackers. I mean, they've had a great single history, but they're not really, in my opinion, a singles band. So don't judge this. Don't go. I'm not going to buy the album or listen to the album because I didn't like writing on the wall. Okay, because that's just that would be sinful. Anyway, I'll see you on the other side, and we'll have a chat about t-shirts. Welcome back, guys. This is yeah, part three. This is the section I call. Uh, I'm going to start to to call Tones T-shirt moment. Um, now, a little history of that. I have a fun um, chat with lots of my friends when it comes to uh, T-shirt choice for gigs. Now, we've all made some absolute terrible choices. We've also made some absolute screamingly fantastic choices. I mean, that's why it's very important. I don't know, you young guys, if you're firstly getting into metal and going into gigs, or any real gigs, you don't want to go to a, t to a gig, A, wearing a T-shirt that's too obviously fanboy-y, but you also don't want to go with something completely wrong. <laughs> now, I have been there. I have, I have bought that T-shirt. I have worn it at the wrong gig. 
and I have regretted it. I must admit, uh, when a gig is coming up, I spend at least, oh gosh, it must be 30, 40 minutes in front of my t-shirt shelf thinking, what am I going to wear? I might put one on and change it, and put one on and change it, and ultimately I either regret it, or I go, yeah, that's a great choice. Um, because what you don't want to tell, the, the, I mean, let's face it, heavy metal is like a clan. It's like a, it's like a, it's like a tribe, a family. You turn up at that tribe or that that clan meeting with the wrong logo on, you're in trouble. Um, they may not say it to you, but they'll look at you in a funny old way. What you want? You're looking for reverence. You're looking for that. Mm, he knows his stuff. Kind of look in their eyes. Um, I know I am. Um, I once famously went to uh, Slayer uh, and Megadeth at the Horton Pavilion uh, and turned up in a Def Leppard shirt. Now. <laughs> I love a bit of Def Leppard, don't, don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm not a massive fan. I did buy Animal when it came out, and I, I will occasionally dip into the later um, Leopard albums. I mean, my wife and my daughter love it. Uh, I more prefer the um, On the Road, you know, the first album. Uh, but yeah, I mean, anyway, that's another, again, another story. But I felt like a right knob. If it wasn't for the fact that I could find, I quickly bought a Slayer shirt and bunged it on. I felt better afterwards. Um, I tend to um, spend lots of money on this. If I turn up a gig and there's four different shirts for that particular gig, I'll probably buy all four. Um, I have been known to do that, uh, particularly at festivals. You've got to sort of try and that's what, that's what your loops on your belt and your jeans are for, so you can store more and more T-shirts uh, around your waist. Anyway, that was a, an embarrassing one. Uh, one of my favourite moments was I was wearing a... Um, and I think it was a destructor. A destructor? It could be a Sodom shirt. Anyway, it was one of those ones at a gig, and a guy came up to me and just started just. He became almost like instantly my friend because he was a massive fan of Destructor. I think it was Sodom of that particular album. This is about 25 years old, this shirt. And he just let chat to me about his experiences and his love of that band. And that sort of thing is why you do it. I wear a battle jacket. My friend Benji and I, who runs my page with me, um, we both have our battle jackets. It's so that people can look at the back pages and go, my God, you know that band or this band or just chat about that. And it opens up all avenues of conversation. In fact, the last gig that I went to wearing my battle jacket, I had a conversation with a guy from Orange who told me that he bought an x-ray machine, a chest x-ray machine from the local hospital when they closed it down. What kind of conversation? I'm, I I, I don't know if it was a beer, it was the gig, it was the atmosphere, but I could not stop laughing. I had to go and sit outside and catch my breath. It was hilarious. And do you know what? He was a f he had more stories like that. It was fantastic. And his poor wife, in looking dismay on her face that this guy's bought a chest x-ray from the Orange Hospital. It was just hilarious. And all I could think of was, what's he doing with it? And where is it going? <laughs> Where's he put it? Anyway. The fun and fun of these sort of things. But shirt I've chose today. I've chose one of my later gigs, one of the more recent gigs before lockdown. I've got a Flaming Wreckage shirt. Now, Flaming Wreckage are a Sydney-based thrash metal band. Um, they won. I think they were. Uh, yes, if I'm right with saying that they were um, Triple J on Earth. Uh, they are really nice guys. They play really intricate, fun thrash metal, and they're artwork is second to none. I have, I've got all their shirts now. I love the imagery. This particular one 
is um, on the back it's got thrown to the wolves which is a song of theirs and it's got in the trees it's got these uh, half-eaten bodies on top tied to trees and these wolves tearing up another body um, in the foreground of the shirt blue and red um, I post a t-shirt most days on my Facebook page and the feedback I got from that was wow it was brutal um, and I have to say as I've got older like the more brutal the shirt the more enjoy the more I enjoyed wearing it I've got some um, that uh, I can't wear I, I saw <laughs> even I feel ooh, that's a bit close to metal um, some of the sort of satanic ones but I still really because I love black metal so it was it's still do it but it's just they're probably gig shirts not around the town shirts um, the gig itself was the first that we went to that wasn't sit down um, I believe or was that a sit down one no no it was the album this was the, so this one I've got here is the album launch which was a not uh, which was a, a stand up gig so they released they, they released their album uh, Cathedral of Bones um, and it was the album launch in Canberra at the basement um, shout out guys to the basement the, uh, Mick and Nick that run it the greatest venue in Australia, one of my favourite venues in all the world. Um, dark, sticky, loud, full of like-minded people, guitars all over the walls and ceiling, great bar, great food, right up close against the music. The sound's effing amazing, and you just, you cannot not love that place. Anyway, that's sh that's that aside, what a, what a, what a, um, a great gig. It was three bands, on the support, Arcane, um, In Memoriam, I believe, I'll have to check that again, um, and then uh, the wonderful um, Pain and Wreckage. Uh, just saw them, I saw them uh, just as a sort of like a, I don't remember headlining, they might have been support about two or three years ago, uh, and just thought these are guys, oh wow, 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 they just played so much had such good fun and so so enjoyable live and the guitarists are technical um the vocals are brutal and it's just yeah it, it's if you're looking for a sound if you want to climb i'm trying to compare them they're a bit like um they they sort of play guitar akin to anthrax without being anthrax they have they don't have that metallica um thrash Sound. They're more. I mean, very Australian, really. I think the Australian Australian thrash scene, Militaria, a bit like that. They they just have that um, fun side to them. Uh, they just yeah. Anyway, brilliant shirt. I have all of them now. As I said, this one here you can get on their Facebook on their web page. Uh, if you want to support a great local band, go and grab one of those shirts. If you're overseas listening and you want to support them, they can ship them overseas. Uh, they probably will in the world gets healed tour and do festivals. I'm absolutely sure that will. Why wouldn't you pick them? They're really good live, um, and they make really good albums. So uh, yes, that's the T-shirt of the day for me. One of the newer ones. I will dip into an older one, but the, um, the reason I didn't do that is I've just stacked them all up, <laughs> and to go through them would be quite nightmarish. This is the one on the top. So that's the first pick out, first tab off the rank. Um, now, I hope you enjoyed the show. As I said, this is a first one and really giving it a go uh, any feedback will be great um, I will be trying to get on my mates on we'll have a chat I've got people in the industry we want to chat with um, it's um, we're all keen on coming on and, and, and talking we're going to do some post gig um, chats I'm going to try and do this as often as I can 
time permitting. Um, but yeah, I hope you enjoyed the show and uh, we'll chat on the other side. See you guys. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. The secret to summer-ready skin is here. Osea's number one best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil, clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity and transform dry skin to silky, soft, and unbelievably glowing. Its signature scent of freshly squeezed grapefruit, cypress, and mango mandarin transports you to sun-kissed summer days. Get healthy, glowing skin for summer with clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code GLOW at OseaMalibu.com.